You are not alone. Welcome to The Clark and Linda Show. This is our real relationship, experiencing change after addiction and betrayal. We're learning to connect, to feel safe and confident in marriage. And you can too. Welcome to this week's episode. Unlike the last couple episodes, we are not live streaming this. In fact, we're not even shooting any video. (laughs) We might be in our closet next to our dirty clothes recording this one from home in our pajamas. Well, you're not in pajamas. I'm in pajamas, but you're still wearing your church clothes. I am still wearing my (laughs) church clothes. I was afraid if I put on pajamas, I would fall asleep because (laughs) we've kind of let this week get away from us a little bit, so we're recording late, but... Well, I wasn't feeling well when it was time to do our episode, and so when you get sick and you want to continue to do the episode, you push it back and you record in pajamas in your closet. That's right. And you're okay with it, and you're okay with it, and it's okay. It's going to be fine. Indeed. Well, we're excited to get to the content of this show, or at least kind of excited. Um, (laughs) This show is titled, You've Made a Liar Out of Me. And um, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but I believe the idea from this show came um, from a conversation we had one night after I came home from group meeting. And it was a very different group meeting than we had ever had and probably than we ever will have. Um, Our facilitator, Greg, uh, did something a little different. He said it's something he's never tried, but um, he had... Uh, a couple that he'd been working with, and the wife was really struggling um, with some things. Uh, The husband had just lost a battle, and he invited the wife to come to our group meeting, which took a lot of us by surprise, Um, but it ended up being really... um, really productive, I think. It was a really interesting conversation. Um, She just talked about a lot of the betrayal trauma that she was struggling with, um, and she hasn't found any good support groups. Um, She's just been kind of trying to do everything on her own. Um, And I don't, you know, everything in our meetings is confidential, so I don't want to reveal too many details um, about this couple. But one of the things, um, she had all kinds of questions for us and concerns. Um, But one of the things she said over the course of the evening, uh, she just said, um, she she was, I think, talking directly to her husband. And she just said, you know, I I feel like you've made a liar out of me. And what she said is, you know, I'm, because you have this problem, here I am not being able to be honest with those around me. Um, I, you know, when we go to counseling sessions, I don't tell my friends where we're going. When you're at your group meetings, I don't tell our kids uh, where you are. Um, And, you know, they hadn't done any kind of disclosure really with anybody. It was something they were just kind of battling on their own um, to make to get through it. And she just um, it was really hard for her because she was not being authentic with those around her. And so almost always after our group meetings, um, I come home and talk with Linda about the things that I've learned in group and the things that we talked about and um, try and share some of those experiences. And 
she often does the same thing with me after her uh, worth calls. Um, and she'll talk about, you know, the things that she's learned. And so we, we both are trying to uh, be open and learn and um, still respect the confidentiality of those, you know, in our group. But but we try and share those things. And so I was talking to her that night and was just, you know, going over all of these different concerns and the things that we learned. And when I got to that part about her feeling like you've you've made a liar out of me, um, Linda just said, ooh, yes, yes. We got to write that down. I want to do an episode about that. Let's add it to the list. And in all honesty, I kind of cringed a little bit when she first said that, thinking, oh, well, here's another episode that's going to make me look really bad, right? Like, <laughs> I've made a liar out of you. Um, but then I had to remind myself that um, that's who I was, not who I am, and certainly not who I'm trying to become. And if our discussion around that helped us and could help other people, it would probably be a really productive topic um, for the show. And so I put it on here and I've probably already talked too much. So with that, I'm going to pass things over to Linda and say, take it away. Talk to us. You know, uh, I'm really excited to learn why you wanted to talk about this and, and, you know, why it was a subject that, that you thought would be great content. And then I've got some thoughts and we'll go from there. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was super crazy when you did uh, mention um, that Greg had brought somebody in that was a spouse. First of all, I was like, wait, I need to know who this is. <laughs> and I started feeling uncomfortable because I'm like, I thought this was a guy's space. And, you know, I thought. But anyway, um, in the end, we figured it was a good thing and that she did bring some really good um, insight for them to have and that um, we have this title for our for our episode today and so it was perfect because it was something that I had been feeling for a really long time so in the last episode I covered a bit about how the betrayed also has a story to tell and Maurice Harker um, one who founded life-changing services he has said that if it happened to you it's your story so but i didn't realize this at the time and so during the last d-day i realized clark was still addicted and that his addiction was intensified and i was crushed doesn't even begin to describe um the emotional spiritual and physical breakdown that i had um and and yeah, so you can listen to like our first podcast, our why it kind of goes into the story because um, I didn't want to have to go into it in detail. I was actually writing it all out and I was like, wait, we already have it. So um, poor Clark doesn't have to feel bad ton, like a whole lot longer. But um, um, so I felt like I was alone in all the feelings that I was that I was having and I couldn't tell anyone what had just happened. And I couldn't share how I was feeling about, um, first of all, about um, uh, infertility, because we were going through infertility, and then about now, infidelity. So it was like kind of a two thing. And I, I just, I found myself just not knowing who to relate to, not knowing who to talk to about um, anything like that. And just felt super alone. Um, 
And I didn't know if I did share my story, who would even care or who would be empathetic or if they'd just be like, suck it up, you know, or, you know, I don't know. Or, I mean, even in like non uh, Latter-day Saint culture, um, you know, pornography is not necessarily a bad thing for people. People don't think that it hurts a marriage or that it hurts a person or that it's, you know, necessarily uh, something that's addictive, that it's just some kind of pastime that they do. And so, you know, even if I were to tell people, you know, they wouldn't, I feel like they wouldn't know what I was actually feeling. Um, But it wouldn't even matter because I wasn't even able to tell people, right? I was feeling like this was a secret. I was, we were still kind of going on what had happened in the past where we never told anyone. I, you know, was keeping everything on the DL. Um, and I began to isolate myself and didn't want to talk to anyone for fear that I might just blurt it out and say something I wasn't supposed to um, or that I'd share too much information and be judged and rejected or, you know, anything like that. So um, but then on the other hand, this was the crazy part to me was I could see Clark looking like he was on cloud nine. It was like the best time of his life right now going on. He was happy as a bird, just going about his new days, even better, crossing off his calendar, doing his new routine because he was finally able to be free of his lies because he dumped them all on me. Um, And he was finally able to live from day to day without acting out, without lying. So here I was crumbling to pieces um, all by myself in the midst of my family because, you know, I'm still a mom and so I still needed to provide, you know, rides to the kids and still needed to make dinner and I don't like living in a pigsty so I still had to clean and you know so I was trying to do my best um but it was just like super hard trying to kind of live like these two lives where it was like I had to pretend for my kids but then I was crumbling inside but then you know as you're crumbling (laughs) you know, the betrayed's crumbling, you have the addicted who's no longer, you know, in these chains of lies and is free as a bird and is just going about his normal day, like just doing whatever he wants to do. You know, now he's like positive all of a sudden and he wants to say like uplifting things, quotes. He was giving me quotes and I'm just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Um, And... (laughs) So I was trying to do my best doing my essentials and going to the temple and putting on my armor. But let me tell you, that's hard. Did you know that armor is heavier to put on during a trial? (laughs) I never really realized that. Um, So it takes like real effort to get it, to get in the right mindset to study like your scriptures. And then um, I felt like, like I like it to be peaceful when I have appointments with the Lord. Um, But at this time, the adversary's whispers were super loud. I couldn't even hear my own thoughts to plan my days um, or what I needed to do to overcome the whispers to be able to put that armor on. And so I felt like I felt like that song, Master the Tempest is Raging. um, And it was like such a perfect song to describe exactly like what was going on in my life. And I know that the Savior was there helping me. through all those 
emotions and trying to reach down and make sure that I wouldn't drown. But that's what I felt like was happening to me. Um, And then, you know, you have the people that are your friends who are legit trying to reach out to you because they haven't heard from you in a bit, you know, and they're like, how are you doing, Linda? I haven't seen you in a little bit, you know, and I mean, I'm in the primary, so nobody's going to see me for a while if it's at church anyway. But um, yeah, say, oh, I'm totally fine. I'm okay. Or, hey, do you want to go do something? And I'm like, well, no, because if I leave, then my husband's going to feel neglected. And then that's when he was acting out when I would hang out with friends or when I would serve or when I would do anything. So I can't go out anywhere. I have to stay put. And it was, it was kind of, you know, different because that's not the person that I am. So I wasn't able to be my authentic self, similar to that sister who was there at your meeting. I, I couldn't tell my friends that, yeah, let's do that. Let's go out. I mean, Clark was able to say that he could go out. He wanted to go out and he was cool to play basketball and he was cool to hang out with friends and he was cool to do all this stuff because now he's like a trusted guy, right? Just barely from like D-Day and checking his checking his things off his list. But now all of a sudden I can't go anywhere and I'm trapped and I have all these chains on me and I'm in this fog and I'm drowning <laughs> because I can't even hear myself think. Um... And so, yeah, I had to lie to my friends and tell them, you know, oh, I'm doing just fine. I'm okay. You know, you know, what can I do for you? But it better be like something easy because I can't leave the house and maybe, you know, I'll just like order something for you if you need me because I'm not allowed to go anywhere. (laughs) So it was really like awkward trying to live this life that it was a complete lie to me. Uh, because normally I'm like outgoing, I'm an open book, I'm social. Um, I wouldn't say that I love to leave the house because that's still something I like to stay indoors mostly because especially during the winter. But um, I'm kind of a homebody. But but I could like it was totally different. Um, serving was like not something that I was going to do because I felt that it was connected to his addiction. And if I were to leave and serve someone, that's when he would feel neglected. And then if he felt neglected, then he's going to go need to act out. And I don't want him to have to act out because he's doing all his checkboxes. So let's keep those checkboxes going. And even though it drives me nuts that he's all like happy about this, at least... He's not acting out. And so, you know, I can deal with my emotions because I can do that for now. And then we can figure out how to work stuff later, maybe, you know. Just jumping in. I mean, I just want like, these were your feelings. Yeah, these were my feelings. This is not actual, like, facts that we didn't, like say, is this true? You know, we yeah, didn't talk a, about these It things. wasn't like I was saying, like, Linda, I really need you to be here. Right. Because otherwise I'm going to, you know, yeah. lose battles. And But, you know, that's where you were at because of all of the trauma that you'd yeah. been through. Um, and so those feelings, you know, those were real and that's how you mm-hmm. felt. It doesn't necessarily mean that's... That's what was happening. What was actually happening, yeah. 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 Um, 
And then people would invite us to go places and I would say, well, no, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I'd rather have personal time than go anywhere with you. And so it would mostly be, you know, Clark taking the kids to go wherever it was that they were going to go. And or like I remember going to the pool and I was like, well, I'll just take the kids to the pool. And um, so it was just like just not living a life of truth, you know, Um, instead of going, you know, on trips and doing fun things that you would normally want to do. Uh, It was, you know, going on a work trip and staying indoors so that we don't see people because we can't put ourselves in that situation yet because we were still super like fresh out of D-Day and I couldn't handle emotion in public. And And you were still in the phase of feeling somehow like my sobriety was your responsibility, right? Like I'm hearing all these things of like, oh, I can't leave him alone. Yeah. And, oh, let me go to the pool instead of him Mm -hmm. because, you know, you were doing all these things to try and protect me against myself as if... Yeah, I was like babysitting. Yeah, yeah, like as if it was my As if that was your job or or your responsibility, which, you know, of course we've learned now that that's, you know, it's, it's not the spouse's job to... Recover, right? Um, it's an individual thing, and yeah, and and it's great that we've you know it it. While I was thinking about all these things, all those emotions came back, and I was like, "Wow, it is so crazy the difference that it feels." Um, putting myself in that spot, like right after D Day, and thinking about where we are now, and it's just it's it's black and white, like it that's all I can and the mist of darkness I feel like you were just like in rainbow town I don't know like some kind of amazing (laughs) place and I was somewhere in the depths of hell and and so it's like great this is the relationship we're gonna have from now on and it's gonna be the worst and yeah so I I'm so glad that we're not there anymore that we were able to kind of somehow meet in the middle and that it's not all rainbows and sunshines, but it's also not depths of hell. So. And that may have been another thing that didn't <laughs> entirely reflect the truth. It wasn't free as a bird rainbow town um, for me. but Yeah, but so those were the feelings that I got um, and how I felt like I was not being myself and I had to lie to people. I couldn't tell them how I was feeling. And... Um, I wanted to isolate myself a lot more and yeah, those were the things. So then I have some thoughts that we can talk about after you, we give the homework and stuff, but okay. Yeah. So, um, so while it's not entirely, um, accurate that it was free as a bird rainbow town, there was definitely some stuff, you know, going on with me that was great and positive. Uh, you know, as I kept looking at the title for this episode, you know, kind of coming up, you've made a liar out of me, you've made a liar out of me. I know a lot of it was, um, you know, kind of how uh, focused on how I made you uh, into a liar um, through my addiction. But I also kept looking at that and just thinking like, my addiction for years made a liar out of me. Right. Like I kept reading that title and thinking, yeah, stupid addiction. You've made a liar out of me. And 
that was, you know, it, it was terrible um, to, to have to lie. I just, I remember for so many years living in a constant state of anxiety. Um, oh, yeah. I about, totally you know, to like, that. am I going to, like, forget something that I've said or uh, am I going to forget to delete some file or browser history that Linda's going to find and just, you know, kind of like always worried, you know, like, is she going to find out about this? And of course, eventually you did. And it led to probably the most painful day of my life and I, and, and possibly yours as well, you know, and, and it was terrible, but it was just, it was that fear living in that fear of the, you know, living a lie is not a great way to live. And so for years, you know, like I look back on it and just think, why did you subject yourself to all of the negativity that comes with, with lying, um, for so long and about so, you know, so many things. Um, yeah. How we teach our kids not to lie. Like if you lie, it's just going to build. You're just going to have to keep building on that one little lie that you first told. And of course you feel like a hypocrite because you're like, great. Now I'm, you know, now I'm lying and I can't even tell my friends what's going on. Oh, what, what was I doing yesterday at 12 that I couldn't, you know, talk to them while I was on my phone call with Worth and, you know, I need help with betrayal trauma, but I can't tell anyone, you know? And yeah. So, so it's I, like... I, 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 I hated being a liar for all those yeah. years. And it, it's funny because it, it even, for the addict... Um, I don't know if this happens as uh, as much to the betray, but it became something where I almost I would lie about stuff that didn't even matter or that didn't have anything to do with my addiction. It was just almost a compulsion. I got so used to lying that I would lie about crazy stuff. You know, like there was no reason for me to cover something up. <laughs> you know, it was like I'd go out to lunch with a friend and not tell Linda because, oh, she might feel bad that she didn't get to go out to lunch or, you know, like, what is that? You know, she's not going to care. She's going to be happy for me that I got to go to lunch with a friend or something, you know, like, um, and, and and so, yeah, it was just, but not during this time. Right. Right. (laughs) Don't be going to lunch while I have betrayal trauma because, and like, I can't tell. No, I'm just saying that was like during my addiction, you know, like there Mm -hmm. was, I would lie about silly things. Um, and, and so as we did start to go through the process of disclosure and, um, I started going to group meetings and I started to be honest yeah, I definitely started to feel some peace and relief about getting these things out in the open. And, and it was still painful. And there were days that, you know, I, I, I kind of smile and laugh about the free as a bird. I mean, I, I was still dealing with so much shame and remorse and just the, the pain and sorrow that comes from sin. You know, uh, I, I think... It was godly sorrow, but it's still sorrow and it's difficult. And yes, at least it could change. And so because of that, I was starting to take upon me the yoke of Christ and I was feeling lighter and freer and that anxiety was going away. And so, yeah, I'm sure from your perspective, it seemed like sunshine and rainbows. Definitely definitely a change because of how you had been before, right? So I could see a drastic change in that. 
in the way you were and in the way you acted because of what you had been doing. And now, you know, and there's there's Yeah, uh, this is kind of off subject. But when you said that, it just kind of reminded me um, of a conversation we had earlier this week um, after I, I missed because of the holidays and sickness and and uh, and service and several other things. Um, I missed several group meetings in a row. I think oh, yeah. almost like three or four weeks I didn't go to group. And I went back and I was telling Linda, it was the craziest thing. I, uh, there were members of the group that I could just tell, like I knew who had been having success. It's kind of like when you don't see like um, maybe like a niece or a nephew or like kids for a while. If you don't see them for a while and then you see them, you're like, oh my gosh, you got so big. You grew so fast. You know, it's like you... The longer you go in between seeing somebody, the more obvious that change becomes. When you're seeing somebody every day or every week, you might not see those subtle changes. But there are a few people that because I hadn't seen them for several weeks in a row, there was drastic changes in their countenance. And I could just tell. I could look around the room and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much more light um, in some of these people. I can't believe it. It was it was amazing to me just to look around and see. And, and sadly, there was others that I could tell like, oh, they're in a worse place than they were just by looking at them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure that there was some changes that you could see in me as, as I started to get into recovery. In fact, um, I remember, uh, getting an email. Um, I think it was actually, um, I can't remember if it was right before or right after we released our first episode of the podcast. Um, but it was, it was like this, you know, scammer email, some spam email that ended up in my inbox. And I thought it was so funny. Um, it was, uh, it's, yeah, it, it said, uh, I, I, I kept a screenshot of it just because the, the feeling I got from it was, was so different, um, than maybe what I've said in the past. This was the, the subject was ID nine, four J U a K eight R. And the, the text <laughs> of the email was you can visit the police station, but they can't help you. I am foreigner. So nobody can track me even for four months. Your system is infected by our malware. We turned on your web camera during your porn site visit. Now I have a video with your masturbation. Having VNC connection, we copied all your contacts. So if you ask me to keep this secret, I need to be paid $500 (laughs) in bitcoins. This is my bitcoin address. Blah, 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 bitcoin address. Use it like your credit card number. You have 24 hours after reading this letter to complete the payment. There is no need to tell me that you have paid. This Bitcoin wallet is connected to you. Everything will be deleted automatically after transaction verification. You can get 48 hours just right back. Plus, goodbye. Think about the shame. Wow. I I got that email. Yeah. And I was like, well, this is obviously a scam, right? Like, there was no... I think even back when I was in my addiction, I would have recognized that email for a scam, right? Like, there's all kinds of scams. But probably it would have caused me some stress, at least, because I would have been like, oh, man, this is, there's some truth to this. But how nice was it? I even showed it to Linda. I was Mm -hmm. like, I do remember. Oh, man, it feels so good to know that this is a complete lie because. There's nothing that they could have, you know, found on my webcam or my computer or anything like that. And so I can just happily ignore this email and know that, no, I have not been hacked. And this person is just 
crazy. fishing for free money. And so there was just that 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 feeling of freedom that comes with, you know, it's the, the scripture, uh, the truth shall set you free. And I, I really did feel that way a little bit. Um, you know, not only that, I had shared with um, several of our close, you know, we, we talked in the past that we decided to tell our family. I told my boys, I told my parents, my brothers, uh, uh, and sister and, and their spouses. Um, some of my, uh, close friends, I had told what was going on and by and large, the, uh, the reaction of all of them was really supportive and loving and positive. And so I had all that positive reinforcement um, and so I was making great progress. Despite that, though, I still had um, a lot of shame, right? Like I was feeling better about um, the fact that I was being truthful with Linda and my family around me. But um, I still had all of these fears, right, about well, what if everybody knew? You know, I still think Satan kind of gets in there and keeps whispering. And so the, there was all these fears of like, well if everybody knew this, what would happen? You know, like I, I had all these thoughts about like how it might affect my business, right? Like somehow if, if, uh, if everybody knew about this, like, uh, maybe people wouldn't want to do business with me. Um, maybe it could cause problems with future employees. You know, maybe I'd open myself up to some sort of blackmail or, you know, somebody would be like, Oh, well, I'm going to say that you sexually har- harassed me and who are they going to believe? You know, you've already opened up and said that you had this pornography addiction and, and, you know, just all these different fears. I was worried about perceptions of people in the church and people in the ward and maybe opportunities for service, you know, like, uh, my dad was always one of my young men's leaders and, you know, I, I'm really hoping to be involved in our boys as they get into whatever program the church implements to replace scouting. You know, like I have great memories of going camping with my dad. And I just had like this weird fear of people being like, Oh, well this guy, he has these problems, you know, had these problems with pornography. We probably shouldn't make him a, a leader of these impressionable youth. Like what might happen if, you know, I just had all these ideas of like, Oh, we can't, this person shouldn't serve here or, you know, different things that might happen. You know, maybe it opens me up to some other temptation and, and, and it's just all these whispers from Satan of like, here's all these reasons why you, you can't just be open about this. And so, so you Linda, gotta keep it a secret. Yeah. Linda yeah. would talk to me and be like, can I just tell everybody, can I just post this on Instagram or Facebook? And I was like, like oh, I just need no, to get it like, out. That's, you know. I don't, I don't need everyone to know this about me. Like I've told the people who are important and why do we have to tell everybody? And so it was kind of this, this sad, um, failure on my part where here I am feeling better about being the truth, but not recognizing that my shame was making Linda feel inauthentic and feel like a liar. You know, here I, I'm overcoming all of the negative effects of the lies that I've had to tell and not recognizing that now I'm making somebody else tell their own lies. And, you know, it's, it's really sad, um, that my fears kept her from being authentic. And, you know, it took some time for the spirit to work on me and help me to understand like, Hey, the same way that you were feeling this great relief and that, um, you're free of this anxiety, you're causing that to your wife. Um, 
by not letting her be authentic. Uh, and so, you know, gradually, uh, and, and to Linda's credit, she really kind of bore a lot of that in silence. She, she talked to me and she let me know like, Hey, I, I, I do, I would like to share this, but it wasn't like she was pestering me or badgering me. And she was very respectful of my timetable and, and, you know, just saying, I think I, from the beginning, I said, you know, maybe at some point, yeah, we can, you know, give me, give me a lot of years of sobriety where I can be like, well, yeah, but that was 10 years ago. Or, you know, I don't know what I thought it was back then. I was like, yeah. at some point I won't feel like this. Cause I can say like, yeah, I, I overcame that. Um, but I do remember, um, shortly after we finally just said yes. You know, like the the spirit worked on me, worked on me, and I realized like what I was doing. And I was like, hey, let's let's do it. Let's just let's make the podcast and put it out there and see what we can do to help the world. And um, I remember you went to hang out with friends, and you came back, and you kind of had that just like you'd been visiting Rainbow Land or whatever you called it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you seemed just so happy and free. And unburdened, and you're like, I had such a good time, and I was, and you're like, I just, I finally felt like I could be myself, and I was like, Oh, I'm so glad. Who did you tell? And you're like, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't need to talk about it. I just needed to know that I could, right? It wasn't even like you yeah. wanted to go out and tell everybody, and that's that's you know, kind of the thing is like we do this podcast, but. It's not like I'm bringing it up with everybody that I know and trying to be in people's faces and, you know, like, hey, I had this problem, you know, like, um, I think we put it out um, for people who might be struggling with it and searching for help. And maybe, you know, we've got some keywords that they could come across. And I've been open about it. And, and several people have approached me who have seen, you know, like you posted up on social media. But again, it's not like we're, you know, like everyday posting stuff about this yeah, no. on our personal you know, account or something like that. Uh, you know, I'm not sharing an elders quorum every week about how this, you know, no, but, um, it has been something that since we put it out there, um, I've had several people approach me and, and talk to me about their own struggles and tell me that it's been a help to them. And it's been really cool to see that happen. And so I think I've talked way longer than I was supposed to, but, um, you know, I just wanted to put it out there that, um, as you overcome your shame, it's part of the healing process. And I think that the more you can be open and vulnerable and authentic, and I probably should have looked up some great uh, Brene Brown quotes about <laughs> vulnerability and how, you know, when we live vulnerable, we actually connect with others and it makes us way more happy. But um, it really does. And I've seen both of us become more happy as we've been able to just be open and authentic and talk to people about what we're going through. That vulnerability really has helped us in our own relationship, but also just being authentic with others. And, and I think that, you know, it allows us to live that freer, happier life. And I don't think any of us are free as a bird or living in rainbow land, but <laughs> I think that we're doing a lot better than we were. For sure. Okay. So the homework is, Get together and talk about when or who you can share with and when that can be. Um, because I feel like just the fact that Clark was willing to tell me that, 
we weren't going to kind of keep this a secret forever and keep it bottled up. Um, helped a lot to know that he was validating my feelings and knowing that it was something that was important to me to be able to share, um, share my story because it is something that, um, the betrayed story is, does matter and needs to be shared. And so get together, uh, talk about who you can share with and when, uh, it would be okay for both of you to be able to share. Um, because that way the betrayed will feel like their feelings matter and, and then it will give them that extra person or people to be able to, to talk about it with. Um, and like Clark said, I mean, it wasn't like I was sharing with the world all of a sudden now every day I'm talking about this betrayal trauma that I'm feeling and I want to be a victim and I'm just going to be out there. But <laughs> but that it's just okay for me to talk about it adds that freedom to, to be more authentic and be myself. Because if it does come up, then I don't feel like I have to keep anything away from the people that that I love or that, you know, that I want to have a relationship with. Um, so I'm so grateful for so many people out there that were willing to share their story because it helped us to know that it was okay to share stories and that sharing stories actually helps other people, um, to, to find that hope, to find healing that they need to, to know how, to share stories as well. Um, when you hear a story, you know that you're not alone and you know um, that, that, there, that, that there's people out there that are, you know, in that same boat that are suffering. Um, but then also kind of help you know how you can share your story um, and how to be vulnerable because sometimes we don't know how to be vulnerable. We don't know. uh, We didn't grow up that way. I feel like that generation, our parents didn't really teach us how to do that. Um, And um, we were able to find groups where we could share our story. And if you guys uh, listen to our previous episode uh, talking about Get Your Group On, that one talks about um, the different groups that are helping us heal and helping us recover and how that um, was important in our healing process. So um, yeah, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything, leave us a DM on our social media, Clark and Linda. Or uh, leave us a comment on iTunes or Google Play or Google Podcasts or on YouTube. Um, Even though this episode is exclusive to podcasts, we do have our YouTube channel that has episodes that will show kind of our expressions and things like that if if that's what you prefer. So thanks for listening. I was going to say, if you don't want something out in the public on social media, you can also just email us directly. You know, if you have a private question or message, um, I'm Clark at ClarkNLinda.com. And I'm Linda at ClarkNLinda.com. So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. I can finally just say listening instead of listening or watching. (laughs) 
um, <laughs> since this will just be a podcast episode. Um, but uh, we'll until next week. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>